Different Approaches to Process Improvement. Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts, a podcast created by Trailblazer Consulting. Here, we highlight proven solutions developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply these solutions to your company. We share our experience solving information management challenges like creating and implementing a records retention schedule, creating an asset data hierarchy, or helping with email management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will talk about our thoughts on different approaches to process improvement. Maura, do you want to take us away in this one? Thanks, Lee. Hello, everyone. So process improvement, no matter what you do, I think we've said multiple times in our different episodes, just buying a new piece of software, adding some technology is not going to fix a big information governance problem. There's got to be a process change. So what does that mean? Because there are a lot of different ways that you can think about process. One of the common things we see is people using email to support process. So what does that mean? Somebody will say, oh, I need this to be approved. And they'll write an email to the supervisor and they'll attach some things and they'll send it off to the supervisor. And that supervisor will write back and say, approved or not approved here. I have questions or yeah, this isn't me. Sounds like a great idea, but send it to Bob. So you could have at least two, possibly more emails that contain roughly the same information with a little bit added each time. And that ends up in some, in many cases, just living in somebody's email box. In fact, it's living in two or three people's email boxes, but that person who asked the question, who was looking for approval, they're probably going to hang on to it because they want to prove at some point that they got approval to do whatever the next step was. So that's a process. It's a manual process. There is documentation, but it's hard to find. It's hard to track. So when you're looking at it from an enterprise standpoint, you think about a thousand people doing that over and over and over again every day, you realize that we can't find anything. Like, how are we going to figure out if we actually followed all the rules for adding a new vendor to our vendor services team? How are you going to figure out if we followed all the rules for paying a vendor or for uh, getting a contract approved and signed to do something? You can figure it out, but it's going to be hard. It's going to take a lot of time for somebody to go look at all the different emails, look at all the different email boxes, and there's also the possibility that somebody said, hey, email is not the best place to do this. I should save some PDFs somewhere. I'll save them on a SharePoint site or in my OneDrive or on a file share somewhere. And then you got to go look there too to see, do you have a whole set? The pandemic, when people suddenly moved from being on-site to off-site, working from home, that caused a lot of people to go, oh my God, where are we going to put everything? I don't know what to do. And then you got everybody saving things in weird places. So coming out of that, companies have this massive information out there that they they just, they don't know what they have. They believe people follow the right rules for all their processes because most people are trying to follow the rules. They're trying to do the right thing. But if you ever have to demonstrate that you did it, it's hard. And you have to demonstrate that you did it sometimes. If there's an audit, 
a tax audit or some other kind of regulatory audit. If your company decides to sell part of your business or sell your whole business, you have to be able to prove that you did your books correctly, that you followed the, rule, the rules correctly. If there's an accident or a safety incident, you're going to be asked, hey, did you do all the inspections on time? Where's the proof that you did the inspections? Auditors like to say things like, if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. <laughs> and this dispersed, you know, process through email, it's manual, everybody's kind of responsible for a piece of it, and they're putting it somewhere, but you don't know where. You as the company don't know where. It adds up, and it becomes expensive when you have to prove something. So what are some other options? And we've mentioned a few of them along the way. And what I was thinking we could talk about today was sort of pros and cons between disciplined manual process with designated repositories versus automated process where you're capturing things along the way. What do you think about that as a, a way to go? I mean, that sounds fine to me. I was going to start off with being a smart aleck, of course, and say, well, I'm using email, I'm using automation, you know, and I file it in my email. So it must be, it must be okay. <laughs> the other piece is you shouldn't avoid email because if you create a workflow through Teams or through another piece of automation, that workflow may include email triggers saying you need to do something, you need to approve something, right? And that can be captured as well. So I don't think we should avoid email. It's just using email solely is kind of where we're trying to get away from. That's a great point. Because when you when you said you were going to be a smart aleck and email equals automation, it's not exactly what you said, but it's kind of what you said. I was sitting over here going, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Email is technology, but as long as you need a person to write an email and send it to somebody else, and then when they get the answer to file it somewhere, whether it's in a folder in their email box or in a SharePoint site or a file folder somewhere else, that's not automated. That's a person. <laughs> that's a manual process. And you're absolutely right. A lot of software packages that do automate process use email as a notification step and even, even in a portal kind of. So if you are, think about a big finance system and you somebody has, you have a lot of rules around, especially in a large public company, who's allowed to request something to be bought, who's allowed to approve that it gets bought, who's allowed to prove that it, the thing got that arrived so you and who approves payments. So you have that purchase request, you have a purchase order that actually orders something, you have a goods receipt that says, yes, I got it. And then you have the invoice vendor saying, hey, please pay me. And finally you have approval to pay. Each one of those steps, which takes five or six different people across the company to do them, somebody's going into the system and starting it and then the system is probably notifying the next person, hey, you have a purchase request, you need to create a purchase order. And that's very convenient. The difference in the two scenarios is that the email is a communication step in that workflow. And your financial, your finance system, your accounting system is actually holding the results 
it holds that original purchase request. It holds the result of the person who got the notification about the request and then went and created the purchase order. It holds the purchase order. That purchase order kicks off a notice to somebody to approve the purchase order and it holds the approval that came back. So the system actually documents your process. Email is convenient as a facilitation method. And that works great because people love email. They love it for, here's a link. I just need to click on it and say yes. And so, or no, but I don't have to go find it. I can click on the email. And I think that kind of automation is smart. I think that if you have a system that's going to hold your records, it's going to hold your whole process and all the documentation of it, but it has the ability to note, not just notify people, but actually guide them to the place where they need to say yes or no, it's going to be pretty successful. So to do that, though, those are five steps, purchase request, purchase order, uh, goods receipt, invoices, invoices received and approved and payment made. That is a pretty straightforward business process. It's pretty similar from industry to industry, from company to company, whether you're doing it in email or by a phone call or in a system. And you can get the same documentation. You can get sufficient documentation to prove that you did it correctly in a manual process or in a system. But in the manual process, you are depending on personal individual discipline for people to write everything down, capture the dates, capture the names, get the signatures, and then store everything appropriately. In a small company, you can do it. Our company, we only have a few people. We can go back and forth on email and store those things as attachments to the invoices in our accounting system. A company with 10,000 people, you can't do it manually. You would only have people trying to find things all the time, trying to, to figure out where stuff is supposed to be, who has that all the time. So automation is good. It requires doing the work of figuring out the process. The second thing that's important about it before we go, because I know we're running up on time, the other really important key is don't let people go outside the process. Don't have exceptions. So if your process is the system sends a notification, you put something in the system, it sends a notification, the person links back in to do the approval, that's the process. You can't let everybody, oh, he doesn't like to go in the system, so we just do email with him. Or he doesn't like to go in the system and he won't read his email, so I have to go meet with him and get him to initial things. You can't just do that. If, if that's the thing, if you have someone who's senior and who's busy and who's not gonna, not gonna go in the system, okay. But then you need a process that captures that appropriately, consistently, and moves it into your system of record along with the rest of that documentation that your finance system is holding. You gotta have a way to feed that back in there. It's not enough to save it somewhere else and say, when an auditor comes in and says, okay, here's everything that's in our finance system. Hey, wait a minute. The, uh, the general counsel never approved anything, but they were supposed to. All these things got charged to the legal budget. Where's the general counsel's approval? Oh, well, he didn't want to. So they are in um, PDF form over in a SharePoint site or on 
you know, Sally's one drive because she's the one who talked to him and she's out today. That's not going to cut it. So I'm hearing kind of a key thing there. And that is if you're going to automate, fix the process and then make sure that the entire process can be automated with maybe whatever system you're using so that you don't have the opportunity for a workaround like what you just suggested, right? There's no, oh, let me pick the amount you can buy something for today is 25,000 and tomorrow, well, okay, so you went over by a dollar. Oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it type of thing. It needs to be standardized completely. It needs to be standardized. It needs to be consistent, needs to be documented. And when there's an exception, you need to document the exception, not, oh, that's okay. So yes, that's the thing is the key here is about the process. It's about the process improvement. It's about the discipline surrounding the process. And what my opinion is, is automation can be very helpful in enforcing that discipline, but you still have to do the work to figure out what the process is. Yeah, I think that's the key piece. You still got to do the work. Isn't it always like that? You still got to do the work. <laughs> I think we're good for today, unless you had something else. No, I think ending on the note of you still have to do the work is the right place to stop. <laughs> Excellent. Sadly, that is this the the uh, the hidden secret of information governance. It's all in details, and you got to do the work. If you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com or look us up on the web at www.trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening, and please tune in to our next episode. Also, if you like this episode, please be a champion and share it with people in your social media network. As always, we appreciate you, the listeners. Special thanks goes to Jason Blake, who created our intro music.